Shut up and sit down. Hello, strangers, and welcome to Strangers in a Cinema. I'm one of your co-hosts, Paul Anderson, here with co-host Grace Williams. Grace, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm okay. I've been struggling with an IKEA sideboard all day that I can't decide whether I like or hate, but I, it's, it's built now, so I'm stuck with it. Could you like decoupage it? <laughs> what does that mean? Like you know when you <laughs> the get the answer's no. Then <laughs> <laughs> you know when you like cut up pictures from magazines and stuff, and then PVA glue oh, okay. it and then varnish it and make it look better. Yeah, I mean my wife chose it and she hasn't seen it yet, so oh, I'm okay. probably not going to do that yet. Okay. I mean well, I appreciate where you're coming from, and maybe it's an option for the future. But... Like old Empire magazines yeah. or something. Yeah, maybe so. just covers of old Empire magazines or something like that. Yeah. that would work for me and yeah. probably improve the unit but I don't yeah. know I mean you've seen it yeah not that this is a very exciting conversation for <laughs> listeners at home what did you think of the, the new sideboard in like my top five sideboards yeah, of all it, time it it's like it's not quite <laughs> um Joey and Chandler's in Friends where he makes right. the humongous one and it okay. doesn't fit in their living room I, I, I've got that's all I've got that's it so you've got I've put those two yeah it's all it's 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 not as good as that Okay, but it's bad. Yeah. Uh, before the listeners get too sideboard, yeah, uh, see what I've done there. Uh, what have we got coming up this week? We're going to talk about two films today and um, some other things. Do you want me to take over? <laughs> no, no, it's okay. great. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna nail this. We're going to talk about two films, um, very different in tone. Um, one's a remake, one's an, a DC adaptation. Whoa, there. Um, two different um, age ratings as well. Guess you can guess what those two films are going to be. We'll reveal soon. Should we just tell them now? <laughs> okay. okay, we're reviewing Pet Cemetery and Shazam. Funny fact. Okay, I was at work and I told everyone, "Oh, did you know Cemetery spelled with an S in America?" And people were like, "Oh, really?" Watch Pet Cemetery, and yeah, I was like, wrong. Yeah. "Oh, <laughs> my whole life I thought the Americans spelled Cemetery with an S." Okay. Never mind. But yeah. Well, it just goes to show there's at least something interesting about that film. Yeah. But we'll get to that later. Um, so we're doing that. And then in honour of Pet Cemetery, because we couldn't really think of a top five for Shazam, but I thought of a great top five for Pet Cemetery. we are going to be counting down our top five movie cats. Which I struggled Meow. with, I'll be honest. I, I need, Yeah, I struggled with... I had a little bit of help from Grace, I'll be honest, which yeah. was very kind of her because I've been building that sideboard all day, so my preparation has been very little for this show. Apologies, everyone at home. Hopefully it won't be obvious, but I've made it obvious now, so it's too late. It's all good. Uh, no yeah, worries. so there's no big cats included in this. It's top five domestic cats. Domestic. Or, or pet cats. Domestic gross um, cats, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, in films. So that will be at the end. Before we get there, we are about to go into a section which is called What Have We Been Watching?, uh, Grace. What, what have we, we been watching? I got in there. What have we been watching? What have we been Shall watching? Shall I start then? As you've, if, you've, <laughs> if you've asked me now, so you've, yeah. you've com- completely disrupted. I don't know what's going I'm on. I'm feeling really I, disruptive today. I don't today. know what's going on now. This is chaos. St- chaos in the it studio. Is a, it's a chaotic um, day. Yeah, what have I been watching, I guess? Yeah. Um, I went to, got to see, finally, fuck knows why it has taken so long to come out over here, but the Sisters Brothers... It has uh, been out a finally, while. Yeah, I think it released in October back in the US. Yeah, yeah, because like I remember watching Peter Travers interviewing John C. Riley about it. So yeah, this is the latest film from uh, a director who I rate as probably one of my favourites in fairness, uh, Jacques Audiard, mm. um, who is responsible for A Prophet uh, and uh, The Beat That My Heart Skipped, amongst others, Yeah, um, which are both really, really good. If you haven't, Basically, all of his films are good. I haven't seen his most recent one yet before this, but regardless, anyway, directed mm. by Jacques Audiard. Uh, 
based on a novel by Patrick DeWitt called The Sisters Brothers uh, and starring, amongst others, Joaquin Phoenix and John C. Riley. Yeah. Um, it basically tells the story about um, the Sisters Brothers, in fact, um, two sort of merc- mercenary cowboys. It's set in the Wild West. So it's, yeah, it's it kind of a Western. Like, yeah, it is a Western, in fairness. Um, two mercenary brothers played incredibly well here by John C. Riley and Joaquin Phoenix, um, one of which is slightly nicer than the other, but they're both bastards. Yeah. That's a good way to describe it. Um, yeah, the book I have read, and I absolutely love the book, I would implore anyone who hasn't read it out there to, to read it as soon as possible. It's okay. great. I it's will. Just really, it's just really, really well put together. And I think the, the certainly the casting uh, of the characters here, in in we who else have we got here? We've got Riz Ahmed, Jake Gyllenhaal appear in, in, in smaller roles as well as supporting roles. And I think the, the first thing that jumps out at me is the casting here is nothing short of astonishing. Mm. I, I just... They are exactly the way you imagine them in the book, and I just it's just so so well cast. Like yeah. clearly, with someone with a love of the source material, which is great, um, and a lot of the so it's it is quite dark in places, but it's also very comedic in places. So you look in the black comedy here for sure, um, and a lot of that that black comedy is certainly still in place here. Um, and I think it, it's a really it's a really tightly made film. I think it's it it gets it gets from A to B. It's it's very very tight. In fact. And this is where my problems start with it. I think it's, as a film, mm. I think it's great. And I really, really liked it because it is tight. It's funny. It's well acted. It's incredibly well shot, as you'd expect from Jack Audio. Um, and all that's great. And that's absolutely spot on. But I think my 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 slight problem, and it is slight problems with it because it is a good film, um, it, as it strengths as, as an adaptation, there's a lot of stuff in the book, and I'm not going to try not to spoil what happens, but there's there's a lot of stuff in the book which it makes you feel like the characters are on a meandering journey and they're taking a lot of time to get where they're going. And actually a lot of the character development, a lot of the conversations that I have between the characters happen in these sort of long overdrawn drawn out horse journeys across the, across the American West. Mm. And a lot of my favorite bits of the book are actually in those, in those scenes that seem to be missing from the film. I mean, it, it, slight spoiler warning here. There is, there is something something happens to um something happens to uh one of the brothers horses um oh, horse can't, horse no. gets in, horse gets injured no basically and it, it kind of goes where you think it's going no. and in the book there is a there is a whole there is sort of paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs about John C Reilly's character and his bond with his horse um and in the film that seems to have gone like oh. there is this alluded to it but it just seems to have gone so some of my as an adaptation some of my favorite moments are lost and it's it's almost like i feel like there might be a longer cut out there right. which has got some of this stuff put back in and i feel like as much as it's it's almost seems bizarre criticizing a film for being too tight um, mm. but for me it almost is it loses some of that meandering energy of, mm. and sort of manic energy of the book really yeah. Um, so yeah a lot to like I absolutely see it it's it's a really well made film but I'd just be intrigued and anyone listening to this come up, come back at me on social media if you've read the book and seen the film let me know what you think because I haven't spoken to anyone else that's read the book and seen the film yet so I'd be intrigued to see whether I'm alone or not uh, yeah. But that being said, it's a really well put together film. So a lot to like, but as an adaptation, some slight problems for me. Grace, what have you been watching? Well, I'm going to throw in a little spanner in the what have we been watching with what have we been reading. You're throwing a book in, are you? I'm throwing a book in. Without previous permission to say no, I know. you're doing a book now. I know, but... But I'm... you've started now. So I started finish. now. <laughs> Look, I had to review a book. Okay. 
It's I haven't watched that much because I went to the cinema twice. Is it a book about a film? It is a book Fine. about well, a film. Okay, good. Is that all right? We're back in. Cool. You've got me. Good. Okay. <laughs> um, I got a little taster of Christopher Frayling's new ridiculously insightful book um, about the making of Once Upon a Time in the West. Oh, okay. It ties in with your Western films. It does, yes. Link, segue. Um, yeah, it's bloody good. Um, it's an incredible film. Incredible yeah. Film. And I am really frustrated that because I, I, I got to review it, but I got sent it in like a an e-book version and you couldn't even download it and like read it on a Kindle device or anything. It was literally like I was sat there on my computer and you can't like even zoom in properly. And I click, kept clicking the arrows and it actually has like an animated page turn. It goes... Right each time and then I couldn't finish it because I was like it's so chunky so I was just like oh my god so I'm gonna have to buy it when it comes out and have like a physical copy in my house even though it's like 45 what insights does it give does it it's like just got like loads of that we haven't heard before it's it's so it's got a forward from um Quentin Tarantino right um about basically how that film made yeah have you heard of him yeah you know him um it's got interviews with um do you know Dario Argento do you know him yep never mind um have you heard of um Scorsese, uh, Martin Scorsese, uh, no. Scorsese, no. Scorsese, you know, um, it's got, it, it, it like analyzes, um, I'm going to, I always pronounce his name, his name wrong, Sergio Leone. Sergio Leone. 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 Yeah. Le- Sergio Leone. It kind of analyzes his whole, it, it, it talks about the film, but then it also talks about the Western and the art of filmmaking okay. and how it's kind of, how amazing it was and all the struggles. It's like a chunky book. You know, really chunky. It's got um, never before seen behind the scenes um, pics and script adaptations. And um, it goes into like the marketing of the film. Um, And yeah, I think Christopher Frayling is an author. He's he's I've seen him do a couple of cinema talks before. So I know I knew that it was going to be a real like kind of essay. um, Yeah. uh, and he's done one other book about kind of representation of vampires in film. I forgot the name of it. Okay. Um, but yeah, so um, it, yeah, it's a, a What's book. What's it called? Just the making of Once Upon a Time in the West? Or? I think it's uh, once. I think it's just called Once Upon a Time in the West. Okay. And maybe there's like a word and then a colon, but I'm so tired. I forgot. I'll I'll throw it up. Okay. <laughs> I'll throw it up on my social media. By the way, it's called this, but it's not out for another couple of months. But yeah, if you if you can get a copy, um, I recommend it because it is kind of like one of those books that all um, serious filmmakers and film critics should have on their shelf because nice. not only about the film, it's about filmmaking as a whole. Yeah, so that's what I've been reading. Fair enough, fair enough. I'll allow that. Just, Thanks. Just the, Thank you. Just for the record. Thank you. Um, what else? Uh, this morning I watched something uh, only an hour and six minutes long, which was a delight because I like tightly packed films. It's always a good one, except for when they're adaptations of The Sisters Brothers, apparently. Um, yeah, this is The Adventures of Prince Ahmed uh, from 1926, um, directed by a German filmmaker called Lottie Reiniger. Um, I picked up on Lottie Reiniger in a BBC short that I saw at um, Rebel Film Festival. Um, she essentially invented the sort of multi-frame camera that Walt Disney claimed to have invented with um, different panes of glass yeah. uh, and animated that way. She actually invented it, not Walt Disney, uh, and made this film a number of years before Walt Disney got his hands on it, painted it and claimed it as his own. 
Um, so this film essentially is uh, a hand, certainly hand done animation um, yeah. with a lot of shadow work. So everything's kind of the black templates. Have a look on the Instagram if I'm not describing it very well because I've put up a still from it today. Um, yeah, it's just a fantastically drawn animation. If you've if you've played Limbo or those kind of games or anything like that, you'll have an you'll have an idea of mm. of what I'm trying to describe. So I'm not doing a very. Good I know, I know exactly it. what you're trying to describe. Yeah, that was done by silhouettes. Um, there's a film, but it's a kids' film that was released quite recently, actually, which did a cinem- similar animation technique. I will send you the link okay. when I remember cool. what it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, this was just yeah, just magical to be honest. And I think I can only imagine what it have been like. What it would have been like seeing this in 1926. I think it would have blown my head clean off my shoulders. As it is, it's a it's a beautiful piece of work for sure. Um, and basically, is the the adventures of a prince who. Uh, tangles with an evil sorcerer uh, along the way he comes across uh, a witch and Aladdin and his lamp and fights some demons so it's yes it's bonkers absolutely bonkers there's a flying horse that takes him all these places as well amazing uh, a horse that you just fly by pulling a lever that's great um, yeah no it's just it's just yeah it's absolutely fantastic it's a fantastical world it's beautifully beautifully drawn um, mm. and yeah if you haven't seen it uh, and have any even in a passing interest in film or animation then find it cool find it at once wicked well, I'm going to completely um, rip apart my cultural self right now because I've been watching Santa Clarita Diet Season 3. <laughs> that show's terrible. It is. <laughs> but, 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 it is terrible. It was... <laughs> no, no, it's, it's terrible, but it's like... I really like the um, the horror element of it and I find it... it it's quite a... It's qu- it's quite new to watch um, a zombie film where the zombies aren't the big bad. I mean, there there are parts of it, but I I like the idea of it being like a kind of desperate housewife situation. But this woman's got like this zombie virus, and they're just trying to fit it all in. There's like some really gruesome bits in it. Like Drew Barrymore gets like her teeth literally stuck in. Like she like rips people's arms off and like gets aroused by eating earlobes and stuff. It's quite it's quite good. But yeah, so I was kind of like. That was my um, my guilty pleasure on Santa Clarita Diet season three. Have you watched any films this week? I've watched. I have. I've okay. watched three. Okay. I've watched three you films. You're saving the film till last then. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. It was a chunky one as well. Okay. Should I go next? Or do yeah, you, want to you talk go more next. About the Santa Clarita Diet because I think you've I could. exhausted it. Really? I could. <laughs> I'm not convinced. No. I'm not convinced. Uh, the other thing, yes. So, uh, Ring or Ringu. Yeah. Um, the original Japanese um, horror film, yes. that, uh, Arrow, have beautifully, and I mean beautifully remastered for Blu-ray. Oh, is it though? It, no, it really is. Really it though, because really I, I really, I really like the just the old. No, it, it really. Look of they it. have done a, a really, really nice job of it. They've okay. kept the grain. It looks its age. They haven't overly filtered it. Arrow normally doing an, an right, okay. bang up job, to be fair. Okay. But they know what needs to be kept. Okay. Uh, and they know what needs to be cleaned up. So yeah, no, okay. it looks it looks incredible. Um, yeah, it's just it's fantastic. It doesn't quite have the same impact as the first time I watched it. I think it's one of the first horror films that genuinely shit me up. Um, that properly scared scared the shit out of me when I watched it. Not the quite imp- not the quite the same impact second time round, but no less atmospheric, um, without a, without a doubt. What I hadn't remembered is that most of it, so much of it's shot in the day, yet it's still so scary. Yeah, that's an incredible yeah. achievement. Yeah, like most I'd say the vast until probably right at the end. Yeah, most of the creepy shit goes down in the daytime. Yeah. and it's still yeah. incredibly atmospheric. Yeah, you're a big fan of this, aren't you? Yeah. I think. <laughs> <laughs> 
Are you? I don't know. Um, yeah, I wrote my um, my thesis um, on um, Japanese horror films, the representation of women, and how they are changed in Western remakes. So I've um, yeah watched the all of the Ringu films. Yeah. I've read the books. Not in the original Japanese because my Japanese isn't that good. <laughs> um, and I've even watched Sadako versus Grudge Creature. I forgot Kayako. I didn't know that existed. Yeah, yeah, it exists. I think it's on Prime. Right. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and yeah, I've obviously watched all the um, American remakes. Um, but yeah, it's like it. I I think that end of the money shot of that film is just like what is still one of the most scariest things ever committed to film and if you haven't if you're like oh i can't oh, i can't deal with subtitle films just like watch ringu bloody hell just do it it's gonna shit you up don't like the well, remake was fine the remake was fine yeah I, but Samar is like that. the remake yeah i never sleep the horses the give you a shut up yeah the remake was fine and that's as good as I mean, the remake got quite a lot of fairly decent reviews yeah when yeah, it came out but yeah. it is just fine yeah like it's not bad but it's, it's yeah still it's unnecessary yeah 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 it's fine it's fine um but the and then the books are like even cuckoo crazier right okay um have you read them no maybe i'll lend them to you because like it, it's um there's it base it, especially in the second one it explores more about sadako and how her mum got i'm pretty sure she got raped by a sea monster fine so yep. you mean, know i'm yeah. on board with that yeah and then and the first one the first book it, it it goes more about a kind of smallpox outbreak and she was kept in like a hospital okay thing. so it goes proper proper bonkers yeah yeah so yeah, no uh, yeah no i just said that four times yeah now. no yeah, no. no and um, it's a female-led film as well isn't it yes it's a, yeah yeah it's female character and captain canada from sunshine is the um is the ex-husband there you go weirdly enough there yeah you if you haven't seen it see it if you haven't seen it for a while trust me when i say that find those blu-rays because it looks beautiful yeah. so well done arrow as ever doing a great job on that yeah. ring yeah it's an incredible incredible horror film still maintains that level of atmosphere when most of it's shot in the daylight yeah that is yeah it's fantastic it's yeah it started a craze for j horror and deservedly and it deserves its reputation mm. it stands mm. up so mm. find it again if you haven't already yeah it, it is one of the few blu-rays where i'm like i really just want to buy a good telly and a blu-ray player so that i can buy that yeah no, they've, so, done a, they've done a really good job so if you um if if we do set up a patreon at some point and you want to <laughs> give me some money for that viewers if you think we're doing a really good job we might, a, we might just set up like an indiegogo campaign for yeah, a yeah. better tv and a blu-ray player uh yeah well i mean why not and some bluetooth speakers. why not um <laughs> yeah cool um right a film i watched a film i watched you <laughs> i watched under the silver lake Ooh. Ah. Whoa think? there, Pickle. Think? Bloody loved it. Did you? I bloody loved okay. it. I've been talking about it for the last three days, still going, what did it mean? Did this mean this? Did this mean that? He did this in a weird way, didn't he? What did that person do? Why was that like that? What does that represent? I love it. I love films like that. It makes me so happy. Do you not think it was a touch too long? Maybe. I mean, I did. I mean, yeah. I liked it. Yeah, I no, didn't no. love it. There was a bit too much of Andrew Garfield jerking off, maybe. That was a bit awkward. A bit too much Andrew Garfield, but maybe. I don't know. 
but I, yeah, it was it was it was a touch too long. But no, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to dampen your enthusiasm. <laughs> it seems like I have done. Uh, yeah, no, because no, to fine. be fair, no, I've read I've read some five. There are five star reviews out there. Yeah, it's it. definitely like, like, like little, little white lies, for example, went yeah. fucking nuts for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I I think it's got that. You know, like when Mother came out, and like you might hate Mother, but I I really liked it. I was middling on and, Mother, but but yeah. it's that kind of I think film. Film watching culture is is very different now. I think a lot of people, because going to see films is very expensive, streaming services cost money. People just want something where they can take their brains out and just be involved and then go to bed, and that's fine. But because it's a film, it it, it was pretty experimental. It was quite Lynchian. Yeah. It does make you think. There's not no kind of final resolve really. Then I think it kind of from some critics, it's kind of like oh, it's just really pompous and really like you know over the top i think i see we come from there, there, does, there does seem to be critics out there that will give lynch a pass and then savage everyone else for doing similar stuff yeah yeah um and he, lynch is the you know he kind of pioneered it he is very good at it but yeah. there's other filmmakers that make surrealist stuff yeah like, for sure um, and it that can... are quite good at it yeah and it completely makes sense from um, I've forgotten the chap's name. Does it follows who directed this? Sorry, David Robert Mitchell. Him, yeah. Yeah. Um, it completely made sense that it was his film because the way he his nuance with the kind of Hitchcock old um, film scores and the way like mm. I I loved how you knew what was coming up completely by the sweeping score. You yeah. knew what kind of a tone this film was, um, and I thought I thought. I mean, Andrew Garfield was Andrew Garfield. One bit which was so dumb. Do you remember when he um, wakes up after he's had his car vandalised and he's on the sofa and he wakes up and he puts hands on a magazine? Yes. And it's Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. And then he's like trying to fling it off. I was just like, oh! Yeah, that seems... <laughs> so... Yeah. Is that, Clumsy, is that clumsy a would thing? Be, clumsy oh would my, be my God. description of that scene. Like, did he put that in? I don't even know. Um, but yeah, no, I watched that and I was just, yeah, I was blown away. And I was, yeah, very happy. And I sent it to three of my friends. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, watch it. Watch Under the Silver Lake. Yeah. What's that noise for? <laughs> I don't know. Quick. <laughs> Scary Quick. noise. in the next section. We'll be back briefly uh, with a feature review of Shazam. It's David Blaine's favourite film. Shazam. Shazam. Do you not remember that from Bo Selector? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, there David Blaine with he goes Shazam. Good reference. Thanks. No worries. Um, Was it up. better than the film? I don't know. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you want to set up Shazam for us? Um. Yes, I can. Set in a while universe. I, while I remember, while I oh. Google who directed... No, carry on. Okay. Set in the universe of Batman and Superman, where all of their events are happening, comes a film about a, a rascal kid who gets put in a foster home, and he's got troubles, and the kids in the foster home have troubles too, and one of them has a cane, and it's very sad. But anyway, he gets picked by the wizard Shazam to have the Shazam powers and he becomes, he's like a 14-year-old boy who becomes a superhero. It's like big with powers. And there's an evil person in it too. The end. That was good. I enjoyed that. Uh, directed by David Sandberg. <laughs> yeah, David Sandberg with Zachary Levi. Uh, here's a clip. I told you this was a bad idea. Freddy? 
Run her mouth like you're gonna kidnap her is not gonna make her less scared, okay? Darla, it's me, it's Billy. I know I don't look like me. A wizard made me look Maybe like Maybe don't this. start with the wizard, it's just gonna make her more confused. Some old guy brought me to a temple and he made me say Shazam. Rosa! Verbally triggered body manipulation properties? You can switch by saying Shazam. Ha 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 ha. That's what people do in the cinema when they watch this film. Before we talk about the film itself, <coughs> should we get this out of the way? Because I've got a feeling that I had a similar, if not worse, experience than you. Oh my God. Um, right, guys, if you're listening, like, Shazam's quite funny, right? Yeah. I'll say that for it. It's quite funny. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty funny. Smirkable. It's smirkable. The whole film is smirkable. Can people please stop fucking laughing in the cinema like they've never been outside before? I don't understand. Honestly, in the screening I went to, it was a preview screening. Yeah. And it was almost like someone had heard someone laugh. So they were like, no, I think I'll find that I like Shazam more than you like Shazam. Oh. <laughs> oh. I will laugh louder than you. And to the point where people were laughing and clapping at the same time. Oh, my God. Literally like this, listeners, like this. And this is going to hurt. Like, <laughs> really? I'm like, guys. Oh, mine wasn't that bad. Guys, look, we know you find it funny and we know you've read the comic. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like, it's not that funny. Yeah. Just stop it. Just rein it in. Because no one, like, either you have no sense of humour and you've never seen something much funnier than this. Oh, my God. Uh, th- just stop it. And it it, it really, it, I'll be honest, I came out of the cinema and my wife said the same thing, so it's not just me. I came out of the cinema and I said, you know what? I'd have enjoyed that a damn sight more if I'd watched it at home. Yeah. And that is a shame. Yeah. And that is genuinely a shame to say that I'd have yeah. enjoyed a, cin- a film that is meant to be seen on the big screen more at home. Yeah. Like, no, how, was your, how was your experience? Well, I was, like, really excited because I got in and there was only three other people in the cinema. So I was All like, laughers. Oh. <laughs> oh. And so, and it was, and then at the last minute, three teenage boys turned up in the cinema and they were like had their popcorn and their fizzy pop and they were speaking so loudly so I kept having to go shh and they nothing and then they were talking again shh like can you just shush like why are you talking so loudly one of them was on their phone I was just like bloody hell why even pay to come bloody in, yeah. hell and then yeah every funny bit they're like ha 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 now we're gonna talk about how funny that was like shut the fuck up just have like <laughs> I'm fine. Like obviously have a laugh. Like fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. But, and again, when no one here is saying don't laugh no. at films that you find funny, but just honestly, don't talk about it afterwards. Like, I don't get it. But then, but I have the same. I well, maybe it's just people's. But then I don't know. We live in a world where Mrs. Brown's Boys is a successful BBC mm, comedy. Yeah. So if people actually find that funny, yeah, then it, where do we end up? When maybe that people do find this stuff actually that funny, like. But I have the same. I had the same thing in Solo as well with the, the oh, robot really? voiced yeah. by Phoebe Waller Bridge. I was just like, the robots are amusing in places, yeah, but just amusing. And every Marvel film is the same. It's like, oh yeah, with the Captain Marvel. I yeah. probably said on the last show when it was like the internet bit. It's like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, that was the nineties. Yeah. Like, it's not that funny. It's meant to raise a smirk. Yeah, like, it's not written to make you laugh so hard you fall off your seat. Yeah. Like, anyway, right. Moan over about cinema audiences. Yeah. Grace, what did you know about Shazam before you went into this film? Nothing. Okay. 
So I knew a bit more about Shazam because I, I have been cheating recently and watching some of the DC animations, which basically Ooh. means you can read a series of comics in an hour and you can basically get the seri- the story from a series of comics in about an hour, oh. uh, which is definitely cheating. I'm aware of this. So there'll be people cheating. that I'm aware of this, listeners at home, <laughs> get angry with me. And I think I'd watched a feature where Shazam went up against Black Adam. Um, not Black Adam. <laughs> it was, no, not Black Adam, no. Black Adam. <laughs> Uh, who is down to The Rock has signed up to play in the future yet as yet unannounced movie. And The Rock executive producer yes. of Shazam, yes. which completely made sense. Cause, so th- yeah. that was kind of my knowledge before I went in of Shazam. Yeah. Um, so I knew a tiny little bit about the comic. Um, what did we think? Um, yeah, what did Grace, we think? You go first. What, what something in my eye. I'm going to like get okay. this little catch bit out of my eye while I talk in. about it. Uh, yeah, you, you say I'll that. Start. Um, yeah, I think it's it's definitely a breath of fresh air. Um, I really like the fact they, they do... There's no other way you can play this than for comedy. You've got a 14-year-old yeah. boy who can turn into a superhero and basically has the body of a, of a like Superman, essentially, yeah. and all the powers of Superman. And I think that when... When it plays it for comedy and every moment that Zachary Levi is on the screen for, the film is great. Yeah. Like, And I think Zachary Levi is a brilliant addition to the DC universe and I cannot wait to see Shazam in action again as a character. Mm. For sure. Mm. However, DC need to stop really, 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 really bland what feel like 30 minute CGI set pieces at the end of their film that are just not that well handled. I'll be honest. I just the, the action scenes for me really let this down. If you compare it to the stuff that that Marvel are doing, it's, it doesn't hold a candle to it. I just I struggled. I struggled. I just struggle with. It's not that the CGI is bad. I just I find myself. I find myself like engaged, engaged, engaged. Yeah. And then it reaches the finale where you should be the most excited you are in these films. That's yeah. how they work. They're a roller coaster ride with a big payoff at the end. We all know how they work. Yeah. And that's great. I'm all on board for that. Like fantastic. But then I'm like, oh, this is great, this is great, this is great. And I'm just like, oh. It's like the same thing happened with Wonder Woman, the same thing happened with Aquaman. I'm just like, oh. Like, this is just, like, they're just, there's two dots in the sky, they're throwing each yeah, other around. Yeah, I guess. Like, it's they're just not, there's nothing, I think the problem is there's no creativity to their set pieces. No, it's not like Marvel, um, who do it a lot better, to be Yeah, honest. and even, you know, Marvel are guilty of the same, like Black Panther suffers from the same issues, yeah. from some of the same issues, but... But again, there was the backdrop of Wakanda rather than just the backdrop of yet another city being smashed up. Philadelphia, smashed pieces, though. How, how many superhero movies set in Philadelphia? Yeah, I mean, do you agree, disagree? I, I just, I to be honest, I think I just kind of see it as a, a trope of superhero movies now. They've got to have a fight. Goody versus baddie. Make it better than that, though. It was a bit too Superman. It was, it was yeah. pretty much like the storyboard of Superman in a way. But, yeah. um, you know... And I think the the other problem for me, if you're going to announce that The Rock is playing a Shazam villain, uh, then fucking cast him in the Shazam film. Don't have Mark Strong, who is fine. I don't dislike him in villainous roles, but I've seen Mark Strong in this role 50 times before. Um, And I thought the villain was one of the weaker points of the film. He needed to be... Maybe it's because Zachary Levi was so good as Shazam. Yeah. But I wanted a stronger villain to play off against. It reminded me of... And it's to a lesser extent because Mark Strong is a better actor than um, Ed Screen. It reminded me of Deadpool in the first Deadpool in so many ways, where you've got this incredible lead character yeah. who's very, very funny, steals every bit of screen time, every bit of screen time that is given to him, and then, uh, then, ugh, yeah, he's a villain. Yeah, like just generic villain A from superhero. Yeah, books. yeah. Like I, I didn't rate the villain particularly. Yeah, I, I mean. 
No, I I don't know what I think about Shazam really. To be honest, I mean, I, I, I'm glad you've come to the show. You said you'd come prepared. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, I've just been mulling it over because I know, like, when I watched it, I was like, "Am I supposed to be laughing so much harder than I am?" Because I just, I thought it was sweet. Yeah, there's but... heart to it. The supporting cast are great. The kids, the, when he's a, yeah, uh, I can't remember who plays the the kid. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know his. Oh, I don't. I, I can't really give a spoiler about the um, end. That's fine because it, you know, that is quite a big twist. Asher Angel plays the young, the young Billy Batson, and I think, yeah, the, like the the stuff in the foster home and stuff like that, it's got a lot of heart to it. Yeah, um, completely. And yeah, those, um, those bits are nice. Really sad as yeah. well. Um, bad. There's some bad parenting in the world, isn't there? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Crikey. Um, but yeah, no, I, I don't know. I just wasn't. I wasn't guffawing as much as everyone else, and but I don't think that's necessarily a problem with the film, though. I don't. No. I'm just not sure. The I don't think the film. I don't. I still, despite the fact that, despite the fact that a handful of people were guffawing really loudly, yeah. I went to quite a busy screening, and the vast majority of people were definitely smirking quietly. So I don't think that's a problem with the film. Yeah, I'm... I think it is just. Me- it's meant to be lightly amusing rather than laughing. Yeah, it, funny, no, it was. Think, it, it was. But... It was definitely. It was definitely a kid's film disguised as a a film which any superhero going audience would go and see it was definitely it's like it's not quite star wars prequels kids style but it's definitely more a family friendly movie with yeah. not too much no, nothing that's too offensive in it. I mean, that bit where he... I don't know. The Seven Deadly Sins were quite scary. Though. They're quite scary, the but are they as but... scary as, for example, the um, the dogs in Ghostbusters? I suppose they're probably almost carbon copies of the dogs in Ghostbusters in a way. <laughs> I haven't thought of that, but they're very similar to the dogs in Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh. <laughs> um, and even the original Shazam wizard, like, he was pretty comedy as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of felt like I should have, like, taken one of my friend's kids to it or something to yeah. kind of see how much they enjoyed it. Maybe. I, I, yeah, maybe. I think I, I, I think I had a good enough time with it. I, I wouldn't rush to buy it or necessarily watch it again. But I think, I, but for me, I think the important thing for me is that it's shown that consistently now, and I, people banged on about Wonder Woman far too much, in my mm. opinion, because I don't think it was great. I appreciate what it did, and I understand that I understand it had the first female superhero on screen, and I, I 100% totally buy into that but yeah. I still don't think the film was was particularly no, no, good no 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 the last um, third was not good yeah um yeah but this uh so wonder woman aquaman shazam at the end of the day at least for me it shows that dc aren't just making shite anymore like no. i enjoyed in i enjoyed enough of all of those films probably yeah. aquaman the most out of all three um to yeah. go okay there's hope they seem to be heading in the right direction yeah like yeah, there's there's work to be done. They're nowhere near where Marvel are by a fucking country. Well, I don't know actually. Compared to some of the weaker Marvel, they they they're getting there. Mm. But I think at least there's hope that they're moving in the right direction. They've decided to get away from this fucking baggy DCEU where everything has to work together far too quickly for its own good. Yeah. Um, I like the fact they're taking their time with it, and yeah, and that's the thing. I I would I'm all for a Shazam sequel, but. Get the rock in it, because the rock quipping against Zachary Levi would be great. Yeah, yeah, and I think right. I think Shazam is what Superman should be tonally. Mm, I see where you're coming from. Um, definitely. Um, so yeah, in that way, I think it got um, DC rights in that respect. I think. 
But yeah, yeah it was. A, I mean, like it was a it well-made was a movie. <laughs> yeah, it was alright. Yeah, I just, I just, I don't know. Yeah, that's my opinion on it. Good. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, put that on the poster, I, DC. I feel like I don't know. I just feel like I need to mull it over some more. Maybe, maybe if I watch it a second time round, like you said, at home when there's not people just ruining the experience. I think yeah. I let the people in the cinema bother bother me. That's the problem. A it becomes a distraction. That's the thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We'll be back after this brief break with a review of Pet Cemetery. Cemetery. What did you think? <laughs> That's my linking bit. That's it, is it? Pet Cemetery. What do you think? Let's set this up a little bit. Uh, I'll give it a go. Go on, you go. I'll give it a go. go. Um, <laughs> by reading the Google synopsis. Really? That's, is that what you're going to do? No. No. Go. You it. are. You are. It's based on a Stephen King book. Which yeah. We talked about briefly which I know week, you're a fan of. Which I really, I can really like. see. Uh, so yes, a doctor and his wife, the doctor played by Jason Clark. I'm not doing it, listeners at home. Yeah, I'm making sure you're not looking down at your phone. A doctor and his wife, the doctor played by Jason Clark, in this case, uh, decide to move out of the city of Boston. Dr. Creed. For, yes, Dr. Creed. Uh, move out of the city of Boston for a quieter life by a house in the countryside with a big plot of woodland. Called Ludlow. Um, in Ludlow. Yes, in Ludlow, yes. How weird is that? Uh, yes, in Maine, where all Stephen King's books seem yeah. to be set because he's from there. Yeah, amazing. Sorry, carry on. Show's over. <laughs> Uh, yes so sorry yes so a doctor and his family decide to move to Ludlow in Maine to escape the rat race and live a quiet life so they can spend more time with their family yeah uh, they uh, move into a house that is incredible with a massive plot of land that also looks incredible uh, but on said plot of land is a pet cemetery um, hence the title of the film yeah uh, where the locals have buried their pets for many many years um, and it's a local tradition uh, however their house is next to a very busy main road with some thundering lorries that come past yeah. on a quite frequent yeah. basis. Yeah. Uh, their cat church. Yeah. Uh, should we say any more than this about the film? Is well, I think it's kind we, of obvious. Like, if you've watched the trailer, trailer, you know yeah. what happens. If, if you haven't seen the, trailer, the original, the fucking film. yeah, exactly. No, I think, is, but... I think, I think, I think Pet Cemetery should probably have spoilers because it is a remake as well. So mm. it's like. It's okay. kind of obvious. Okay, so we can, we're going to... Right, so we're going like, to... I mean, not say the whole thing, but... We're going to talk spoilers here. So basically, yeah. they bring their pet cat with them. The pet cat gets run over by a, a chat, by a lorry. Uh, they, John Lithgow's character called... Oh, what's Judd? He's called Judd. Judd called yeah. Judd uh, takes Dr. Creed to a place beyond the pet cemetery. Yes. Um, John Lithgow doesn't talk like that. That wasn't meant to be John Lithgow. Place impression. beyond the pet cemetery. I don't know. He doesn't pet talk like cemetery. that either. He takes, uh, he takes um, <laughs> Dr. Creed to a place beyond the pet cemetery with their cat church. Uh, and miraculously, in the morning, church has come back to life. Yeah. Whoa. But not the same. Not the same. But not the same. No. No. There you go. Here's a clip. What is it? It's church, honey. We think church ran away, sweetheart. Yeah. He didn't run away. Well, he was outside my window last night. Sweetheart, I, you know, maybe you were having a And that's okay. It's okay to be confused about this stuff. I know you miss him. But you might just have to accept that you might not come home. He came back last night. Look, he's right there. 
Oh, that was scary. Not. <laughs> I love this pretend <laughs> clip that you haven't heard yet. It gives, it gives that show Don't an air of Christmas. You ruined it. <laughs> oh, man. I bet it was just the bit where they're like, look at our new house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. Right. Okay. Oh. Have you seen the original film version? What did you think of that? We'll start there. I haven't. Then... I've got it on okay. DVD and I was going to watch it before I watched it. Don't this. bother, it's not and very then, good. And my partner was like, no, let's watch the original it's, one it's after not, this. It's not great, in all honesty. It, it uh, was never something that I was no. particularly like... It's at best... It looked dumb. It's at best three out of five. It's just... It's it's a bit flat, yeah. in all honesty. So yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's not great. And the trailer looked good, so I was like, it had high hopes. The trailer for this one? Yeah. Yeah, the trailer was inc- incredibly well cut, but I yeah. think it's increasingly showing that actually it's not that difficult to cut a good horror trailer together. No, you might as well just release them as short films um, nowadays because it's just. Yeah, because I'll be frank, I'd have had a much better, had a much better time in the trailer than I did with this turgid mess mess of mediocrity. Yeah, it was wank, <laughs> wasn't it? Wasn't it just wank? It just seriously, guys, like it, it started quite well, I, well enough, I yeah. thought. Uh, and it was pretty atmospheric, and then it just it was just like oh jump scare, oh jump scare, yeah. and it's just like stop. I've just spilt beer over myself. Have uh, you? So it had, That's it, the worst. Yeah. Sca- pretty scary. That you is spilt beer scary, all yeah. over yourself. Uh, yeah, it's just like oh jump scare, oh jump scare, jump scare, and it's just like it just it got boring pretty quickly. They've changed who dies. So uh, spoiler spoiler warning again. You can see it. In, fuck it, it's in the trailer. So in the book, the baby boy dies, and that makes sense in the accident. In here, they've in in this version, they've changed the the way the road accident happens. So you instead of having the boy hit by the truck, which makes sense and would happen, you have the the kind of early the sort of what? How is she eight or nine? Yeah, kind of something, something like, like that. You have the young daughter. Um, inexplicably rushes to try and save the boy and then inexplicably watches as a massive petrol tanker drags across the drags along a good few hundred feet across the road and wipes her out so the actual accident is ridiculous it makes no sense at all yeah why change it i don't understand why they felt they need to change it from the book um apart from the fact it might have been a good twist except you revealed it in the trailer so there's no yeah. point there's no point changing the book to have a surprising plot twist if you then reveal that plot twist in the trailer yeah. Um, like at all, I don't get it. It just—it was just the very definition of horror mediocrity. Like I can't—I don't even want to say much more than that. It's like so in the book with the neighborhood kids who have this weird ritual for their dead pets. Is there more? Not, out- not that I can recall. It's been a while since I read the book. I'll be honest. Just because, like, I just kind of thought, well, that's some crazy shit in itself. These weird kids with their. I can't weird even recall if that happens. Masks, in, the book, in, in all honesty. Yeah. Um, I don't know, and like, and also in the book or in the original, was there that whole subplot with the wife's weird sister with her yeah, back? Yeah, and that what was, relevance does that have? That was in the book, and it felt a little bit superfluous in the book, if I'm honest. Yeah. But it had a bit more relevance than it did in this. Um, and also that bit, yeah, so there's a whole subplot, as you say, with um, Dr. Creed's wife, who's played by an actress I don't recognise and have forgotten the name of um, completely. Um, yeah, so there's that whole subplot in the book, which, I, if I remember rightly from the book, it, it makes a bit, it seems to have a bit more relevance than it does here. Yeah. And also it's just that, okay, so she's got a problem, so she's ill, she had a crippled back. She's not some kind of fucking super mutated witch. The no, way they I make know. Her look in, in the, the film, the I thought she was possessed. Film, just like, yeah, she looks like she's like a, a creature. She looks like she's a demon or a zombie or something yeah, yeah, similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's got, a, she's got a, obviously like a, a, um, a chronic illness. Yeah. Um, but it's not alluded to that she's this kind of, 
she's made to look like a creature in the yeah, film, which yeah. just completely detracts from any sense of credibility yeah, that there's owed to it, to be honest. And then by the end of it, I just I completely lost interest in what was going on. At one point, I actually started counting the lights on the roof of the cinema, in the, on the ceiling Did of the you? cinema in the Odeon. I didn't hate it that um, much. I, I was a bit I like... Think I didn't hate it. It's just, it was just like, I've just got other things I could be doing. It was so CGI heavy as well, wasn't it? Wasn't yeah. it just so... Oh, jeez. Like when they even went to go and bury the cat, I was like, what is this CGI land that we're in? This is so awful. I like John Lithgow. I well like him. He's a good actor. And and oh. And why didn't they just build a fucking gate? For goodness sake. If you know you're living by a main <laughs> road, build a fucking gate. Yeah, but if they built a gate, there'd be no film. Oh, yeah. Well, pfft. so. Yeah, yeah, stupid. I would. Yeah, I'm not, I, there's not much more I want to say on it because it was that. Just. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, was it a good cat, making, though? Was it a good cat actually? The cat was. The cat was the highlight. Church yeah. the cat was the highlight. Yeah. I think I see where you're going with this. Yeah. Church the cat was the highlight, <laughs> and yeah, we'll be back after this. So basically, don't go and see Pet Cemetery. It's shit. No. Um, we'll be back after this with our top five cats. Right, top cat. Who's the top cat? Oh, ho, ho. that was good. Thanks. That was good. <laughs> cool. Have you have you got five cats now? I have got five cats. Okay, yes. cool. I don't have five cats. I have five cats. I wish I had pa- five written cats. on a piece of paper in front for of me. For real, right now. Okay, at number five, and yeah. there's not going to be much to say on this because I can't really go into much detail. We'll we'll kind of quick fire this. And you... number five for me, Blofeld's cat from James Bond. Listen, you can quick fire this. I've got deets. Fine. You don't if even understand deets, the fine. cat. I'll go into a few deets on Blofeld's cat. Probably <laughs> Blofeld's cat is probably more recognisable than Blofeld himself. Um, or absolutely synonymous with a Bond villain. And every time you see that cat, you're just like, yeah, there's going to be trouble. Yo. There's going to be trouble. In very, very well sent up sent up in Austin Powers as well. But yeah. I've forgotten the name of that cat. Uh, Mr. Bigglesworth. Mr. Bigglesworth, yes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Blofeld's cat, who is nameless, is my understanding, um, in the Bond films. That is my fifth favourite movie cat. Is it really? Yes. That's nice. Can you remember I'm, what colour he was? White. Okay, good. That's all. Are you right, questioning then. the re- the research that I've put into this section? No. <laughs> okay. Um, my number five is um, Cheddar the kitten from Keanu. I thought he was called Keanu. They call him Cheddar as well. Keanu and Cheddar. He's got okay. multiple names. Well, he's my number four. Is so. he? His really his real name is Cheddar. Right. I think. Okay. Yeah, that's where I'm going. But yeah, he's called Keanu. Obviously. Oh, his real name would be Cheddar because he was stolen from. Yeah, and then they called him Keanu. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. my number four, but yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, that's, but, oh my God, what an adorable kitten! Like, that, the why, reason why he's in my top five is because, like, that's one of the own, like, you just are so involved with this cat. And it's like, he, I know the cat's not acting, but I feel like it is the whole time. I feel like the cat is talking to me and he's got his own personality. And it's just, it's, what, oh, adorable. I, I was just going, and he is afflicted with a terrible illness that means he, he will remain a kitten, kitten forever. <laughs> I know. So, yeah. So he's my. That's my five. Okay, which was my four. Okay. Which leads me to your four. My four. Yeah. Okay. Because let me I just... can't talk much more than that about the cat and <laughs> Okay. Right. This is going to be a weird choice because um, you might not remember it. Thackeray Binks from Hocus Pocus. Have you seen Hocus Pocus? 
Never. Okay. Uh, maybe I'm sure I've seen. Okay. I'm sure I have. As a I'm child. probably one of the Not only people memory. who loves Hocus Pocus like so much. Um, it was one of the well, films. Not, my sister's I... got a Hocus Pocus T-shirt. So <gasps> I love it so much, and it's the only film I can bear Sarah Jessica Parker in. So, um, yeah, love that film. And basically, um, Thackeray Binks. Um, he was a boy, but the witches turned him. He came back as a cat, little black cat. And he and he just stays a cat for centuries until one Halloween where thought little Thora Birch's character picks him up and he can talk and they have to go and get the witches and Do yeah. They have sex? No, there's no cat sex. <laughs> Although he does turn back into a boy at the end. And then they have sex. No, because they're, they're kids. Right. Okay. So that'd be a if bit weird. If we're in Hocus Pocus. You've now, just yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the show. And the show. And the show. Going, yeah, you've taken it. Taking the tone There is the no cat sex. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Thackeray Binks, not right. Zachary. Thackeray. Thackeray. Okay. Yeah. Which brings me to number three. Yeah. Uh, which is Church from Pet Cemetery. Um, in 2019, to be fair, the one good thing about the Pet Cemetery remake, um, is Church the cat. He's fucking terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Did you not think? Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. he is terrifying. Yeah, Church yeah, yeah, the yeah. Cat. Yeah, just genuinely, like, quite unsettling. I, it, that looks like they used a the practical effect for Church the Cat. Yeah. Do you think? Or do you think it was CGI? Real cat. Real, Real cat. cat the whole way. Yeah. Do you think? Yeah, yeah, that cat has some sick acting. He's like... Yeah. Yeah, generally, the best the best thing about the Pet Cemetery reboot was was the cat. <laughs> On that bit where she's like st- um, uh, stroking him, brushing him, and she's like, what's and the bit that where, going? And the bit where it wanders back up the road and you're just like, yeah, oh, there's going to be trouble. sinister cat. There's going to be trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so Church from Pet Cemetery. Yeah. The only good thing in the Pet Cemetery film is the cat, and that cat is called Church. That was yeah. my number three. Yeah. Uh, my number three. Am I on number three? I am on number three. It's Cat from Breakfast at Tiffany's. Good the cat with no name and no home. He's just a silly old cat. And um, the cat's not like... Su- I mean, it's just it's just Holly Golightly's cat. But then he's so pinnacle in the reuniting of the two <laughs> characters. And she's like, Cat, where are you, Cat? And she's <laughs> in the rain. And then, and then they... Oh, it's so romantic. And the cat like gets so squashed between their embrace at the end. He's like, I'm just a cat. Why are you squishing me with this love? And it's just oh, he's so cute. Most of the cats on my list are ginger. Mmm, weird. Yeah, it's a ginger cat. Have you seen that? Have you seen Breakfast Tiffany's? Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. It's like one of my favourite movies. Yeah, I like it. Evs. Um, yeah, and that cat is like a sick cat. And the bit where um, they have she's having her house party and he's up and he's like, what? What is this shit? I'm just gonna drink my milk up here. It's good. Yeah, cat. That's his name. C A T. Cat. Uh, yeah. Number two, and thanks to Grace for allowing me to include this because I was struggling. I was reaching for Simba, but we was told in no uncertain terms, no big cats allowed. No. Uh, cat bus. Yeah. Cat bus from my neighbour Totoro. Yeah. Just, just cat bus. Just look at that cat bus. That's my number two. Like, it's an absolute joy to behold. That whole film is just nothing short of just an, uh, just a joy. An absolute What joy. is a cat just, bus? Will we ever know? Who cares? It doesn't matter. It's so a, good. Yeah, just cat bus. My Japanese teacher had cat bus slippers and it was the best thing. No way. Yes, I need some. Yeah, my wife yeah. would go mad for some cat Yeah. Cat right, bus everyone, slippers. let's let's start a cult of cat bus slippers. So okay. yeah, GoFundMe page. Yeah, yeah. Patreon. Cat so we bus, need a... cat bus slippers for the strange in the cinema <laughs> so, What's our list now? We need um all our Odeon limitless cards paid for. Yeah. Pitch house membership. Yeah. Um 
Tivoli tickets, Tivoli gift card, yeah. uh, Blu-ray player, yeah. big HD TV for Grace, yeah. and cat bus slippers. Um, there's, there's not much, guys. To be no, fair, it's not. Choice, when it's we're bringing not. you such quality articles exactly. as top five movie cats, yeah. you don't you know? You, you know. feel like you need to pay us back. You know, you buy an <laughs> Empire magazine with it in, so you know, yeah. why not give us some money? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Cat bus was in my number two. So that brings us to our both joint number. I'm going to guess. Right. Hold on. Hold on. Have we got a joint number one? I think we've got a joke number one. Baby! Is it Jonesy? It's Jonesy! Jonesy from Aliens. Aliens. Yeah. Yep. Love Jonesy. I dressed up as Ripley um, for a wedding and I had a Jonesy hand puppet. Impressive. Yeah. Where's the pictures? Um, on my Facebook. Get them on the Strangers in Instagram at once. Okay, I will. It's not up for discussion. <laughs> if you don't find them, I will find them. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so, yeah, what a good cat. What a bad cat? Sneaky, well, good. What a bad, bad cat? He's a baddie. He just causes a lot of problems. He just causes a lot of shit, doesn't he? What a, what a sneaky cat. Um, yeah, no, he he is the most iconic. Really. Let's think about this. Is he? Yeah, Jonesy. Well, he's a, he's pretty much a full fully fledged character in it. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's got he's got a part to play. Yeah, yeah. Good right. acting. Yeah. To be honest, yeah. Cacting. Cacting. That doesn't work, does it? No, it sounds yeah. a bit like cack. It Ooh. does, yeah. Yeah, but Jonesy, cool. yeah, iconic, iconic movie cat. Lands him in a whole heap of shit, to be honest, at times. Yeah. Um, but still, survived an alien. Yeah, yeah, he so... did survive an alien. Didn't do a lot, he was just like, Meow. No, so Jonesy is my favourite movie cat. I need to do a and shout out movie cat. to a cat, because um, just before I left here, my other half was like, oh, have you not seen the cat's eyes? And I said, no, I've never seen the cat's eyes. Stephen King's cat's eyes, where the cat. Have you seen it? No. This cat, it's in three different stories and they're basically, it's a bit like... I have we, seen Cat's Eyes. Yeah. And, yeah, and now, now, I know, um, now you've mentioned it, I have so seen it. It's been cat, a while. The cat called General, I'm supposed to do a shout out because he just showed me this scene where it's a little Drew Barrymore. She, I, I don't know what's happened up until this point, but basically there's a troll on a wreck that's trying to kill her. A little tiny, like, one yeah. foot high troll. Yeah, I think this is coming back to He's me on now. a record player, and the cat is like, hits the um, BPM <laughs> up. And so, and then Drew Bamble's like, make it go faster, General. And so the cat basically makes the record player spin so fast that the troll goes, <laughs> and like flies into yeah. the um, fan grate and gets chopped up. So yeah. basically. You need to watch Cat's Eyes. I'm going to watch it again now. So thanks to Lee for pointing that out. That's it. It's been a while since I've watched Cat's Eyes. But yeah, I've now you've mentioned it, that scene has come flooding back to me and it's great. Uh, the rest of the film, not quite as much. Um, <laughs> but that scene, that scene particularly is, uh, yeah. So shout out to General. Shout <laughs> yeah, to that General was my shout. I don't know if there's any more cats to be. Um, uh, no, no more cats. No. I love all, uh, Homeward Bound cats. Well done, yeah. you. But yeah, no cats. Cats for life, yo. Love cats. Cats for life. Cats for life, yo. Cats. Cats are the best. So yeah, let us know your favourite movie cats. If you think yes, we've missed, if you think do. we've missed any, then let us know. Um, Grace is going to put a picture of herself dressed as Ripley with a Jonesy hand puppet up on the Instagram the moment yeah. she gets home. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in the meantime, that's it from us. Is What's it? out this week? Oh, what is out? What is out this week? Oh my what gosh! We gonna, what are we going to talk about next week? What, what are we going to talk about next week's show? This um, not another book, that's for sure, because pff, that's not happening again for a while. I mean, I will read, but what are we going to talk about? Oh bloody hell! Hellboy. No, yes. is it? Oh, Hellboy is out on Friday. Oh, so yes, gosh. we'll be back next week with a review of Neil Marshall's Hellboy. I'm excited about that. I don't think Grace is, 
But that's it from I'm us. I'm excited about seeing Big Mo on big screen. Right, okay. Bye. Bye. Shut up and sit down. <laughs>